Good afternoon and welcome to this special edition of Liberty Block Live. We will be recording this live, inviting anyone participating to chime in with their opinions, and we will put this up as a podcast on iTunes and SoundCloud shortly after it's finished. The main reason I wanted to meet with people today is it's obvious what's going on with the squelching of free speech in this country. And I wanted to hear people's opinions on, is there any limit to how far this is going to go? I want people to share what they think is happening and what in the world are we gonna do about it in terms of undoing what they're doing and alternate ways of communicating with each other. So Michael, you wanna uh, give us your opinion, what's happening, what do you expect to happen? What can we do about it? So I would love to give you the take on what I expect, but all I'd really, I think the place to start is what's happened and what's happened that people don't want to talk about because they can't talk about it. Um, so I'd like to start with the what's happened so far before we go with the moving forward, what to expect, and then beyond that, what should be done. Um, so as you guys have probably seen on, on the Liberty Block on libertyblock.com, we have an article out about um, what a blanket ban that was issued from Facebook uh, around roughly 8.30 p.m. on the night of the 6th of January. This is 2021. And it seems to have affected what is now expanding. We had in the article, it could be as much as millions of, of Facebook. I'm going to call them contributing authors at this point because Facebook is an obvious publication at this point. They're no longer users. So it, 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 a, a, an entirely new type of blanket ban was issued to what appears to be possibly as many as now tens of millions of people on Facebook. It's, an, it's a network level IP ban that seems to have elements of it that are a, a part of a ban that we've never seen before. Go to libertyblock.com. This article has a ton of hits now. Um, I think we're closing in on 800 views on the website itself. Check that article out. It goes over the details of the ban itself. On top of all of that, we're starting to see um, more bans and more yeeting on a much larger and broader scale than had ever been even uh, considered acceptable before. So we all know that the president has been completely removed from the internet at this point. But that's only one person. And I realize that that one person is a stepping stone that creates precedence for other things. It was Scott Adams um, who said, how much longer will Republicans be able to do banking in the United States? And then there was a person who responded to that. It's not a great leap to go from um, uh, speech is, promo is the promotion of violence, white, Nazi, uh, white, um, white nationalists and Nazis. It's not a big leap to go from that to banking is the funding of all of these things. And you're seeing now, like what, what the news, the big news today from all of this is that when we said, all right, well, you know what, if we don't, if, if we're going to get yeeted from Facebook for no reason, if we're going to get yeeted from Twitter for no reason, for in many cases, not violating the terms of service from an axiomatic standpoint, Dan got yeeted um, despite being already on a ban. So he couldn't possibly have violated the community guidelines. 
Um, so Amazon's web service, so this is the web hosting service for Parler, has given Parler the boot. And again, not for actually violating their terms of service, but for what, what appears to be naked partisan pol political reasons. And the lie that they're telling us about the violent rhetoric is just an obvious lie because AWS, Amazon um, web hosting services obviously hosts, well, I think they host, I'm pretty sure they host some other, we'll call them platforms where this is going on in plain sight from the other side. So when we had this marketplace, when we had an actual market economy for something like ideas, what we had is a collusive effort with Google being the silent partner between all of these companies to prevent, to, be, to act in an anti-competitive manner. Now, if you're, a free, uh, if you're a free market absolutist kind of like I am, then this is actually not an element of a free market. This is actually the opposite of that. This is quelching mutual consent between, part between uh, parties to a transaction. And, and what we're seeing now is that there is a, an, an idea, a, a, a region of ideas that is just being removed on a broad scale um, for, in many ways from all of communication. And, you know, I, I hate to like, I, I hate to engage in reductio ad Hitlerium again here, but we've all had that question like if we were the Jews of 1934 Germany, you know, uh, the, 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 the National uh, Socialist German Workers Party has taken power. They haven't done much. They have been elected into these offices. Now, what are we doing? What are we doing when we know what they've called for and we know what they've done? What are we doing when they have an SS, a, a bully police that they're willing to cover for when the entirety of the, of the mainstream media and the entirety of the internet are working collusively to be the propaganda wing of not just the DNC, but of the most radical left-wing part of the DNC, right? The radicals within their ranks have taken over their ranks. Yes, there are radicals within the ranks of the proverbial other side, but if one side has made an effort to take those radicals and push them to the fringe, and the other side has done the exact opposite, which is to push them into the fore and to allow them to completely subsume their party ranks. So, you know, me, we right now, I don't, this might be news that be, is breaking for everybody, but me, we right now is having problems with their server because they're being flooded with new users and new activity that they never had before. And quite frankly, I don't know how much longer, unless they have their own server farms and are doing it themselves, I don't know how much longer they're even going to be allowed to, to carry about their own business. And like I said, I, I hate to liken ourselves to 1934 Germany, but it, they have the SS, they have the Hitler youth, they, ha they have the, the, the public education system. If it were not a, a government protected monopoly, you know, of just pure indoctrination at this point, then I probably wouldn't have as, as I probably would have more difficulty likening it to what is effectively the Hitler Youth. We they have the they have you know Goebbels, which is basically uh, uh, Jack, Mark, and Susan in cahoots in cahoots, uh, extending the propaganda wing of. The, again, not just the DNC, but the radical, the crazy radicals within their ranks, which again are now controlling the the 
they're the, the party. The scary thing is that the blue check marks on Twitter and not even the, all of the and people who aren't even blue check marks on Twitter seem to be entirely in favor of all of this. Everyone's in favor of this. They have the whole country, even almost every single Republican besides maybe Hawley on some dates. I disagree with supports this. Hold on. No, I, I kind of disagree with that. But the problem is now, Elliot, where do what do we what do we what do you do exactly. when you when you are I'll ask a question that Tim Poole asked and I'm going to paraphrase it. What do people do? How do people communicate when they're no longer allowed to use their voices? We use our own. We make our own society with our own. Hold on. How what happens to a boiler when you remove the pressure release valve? We've seen this happen. The first time we saw it happen in the, in our shores for exactly this reason was Columbine. Where do you think it's going and what can we do about it? Like if everything does close off, where do we all meet? Those are the kind of questions I want to want to hear. I think this is what I was trying to say the last time I was on too. Um, we have corporatism. This isn't free markets anymore. So we can't keep arguing that this is a, you know, well, free markets, they can do what they want because they're a private business. This hasn't been a free market situation in a very long time. This is corporatism as, at its finest. We have business that is so in bed with government and particularly the Democratic Party that it's almost bordering on fascism. So I think we can't treat, we can't wait for the free markets to handle it because the free markets aren't in control of what's happening here. Um, I think our problem in this is government's not going in. I think that's what's changed. There is no chance in the world that Congress is going to do something right now to limit their power in any way. So I'm almost looking, practically speaking, what are we going to do? I actually have no idea. I mean, I, I've been in a bit of a panic the last few days about the technocratic takeover. Um, and... I think that things will reach a fever pitch soon. I don't know what that looks like necessarily. Um, I mean, as far as, I don't know. I actually don't know. I don't have any good thoughts. You, Elliot asked me to be on today. I was like, ugh. One of my problems is this could happen and we won't be able to discuss it. Ed, you from the deep south. How are y'all? I think we need to be precise in our in, in our terms. I disagree about the Melissa said it's not a free market and I think the internet companies and internet media is is one of the freest markets that there is. That doesn't mean it's that I endorse what's going on, but I don't think we should talk about it being a free market or, or not being a free market because I think it is. The free market is taking us in the wrong direction though. And the reason for that is because I think we need to, you know, Melissa mentioned fascism. And I think that if we look specifically at what the definition of fascism is, I think that starts to get closer to the answer. And, and Melissa was alluding to it. Fascism is where you have nominal private ownership, but total. And, and with the government. In fact, these companies have all worked hand in glove with the Chinese Communist Party to, to develop, foster, 
perfect and implement censorship. So we know where they stand on, on censorship. They're okay with censorship and they've learned how to do it in conjunction with the government across the, across the Pacific Ocean. So they don't forget that information when they come back here. Um, they're certainly in consultation with, with legislators. Uh, they make large donations to the, to the political parties. Um, and we, are, we are, have a nascent fascism developing. And that's really what we've got to be concerned about. As far as what to do about it, you have to resist fascism before it gets implemented. If you wait until it's implemented, you're never going to be able to get out of it. I mean, you're certainly not going to get out of it without somebody shooting. But you need, if you're going to vote your way out of it and talk your way out of it, you're going to need to do it beforehand. And we need to do several things, I think, right now. Number one, we all need to be prepared to be cut off from the social networks. Now, I know I was cut off from Facebook for no reason whatsoever this week. I got a 30-day ban for no reason. Uh, and, and they didn't give me a reason. It does, my my uh, Facebook says that I have no violations, but there's not even a, a button for me to challenge or appeal the suspension. Uh, so we need to be prepared for the event that let me let me ask a couple of questions here because we know obviously they're trying to shut down the servers for people to let us talk which is far more than just shutting down apps um, we know that they're pressuring cable carriers to get rid of not only oan and newsmax but they even dump fox and if they really want to they'll just go after advertisers I was wondering this morning, why don't they go after SiriusXM? SiriusXM's most valuable person by far is Howard Stern. Howard Stern detests Donald Trump. If Howard Stern were to say to Sirius, I'm out of here, if you don't get rid of the Patriot Channel 125, I don't know how they would resist it. And that's it's inevitable. It's the only a matter of time. It's a big channel. Um, they're pushing, we know the air carriers, the airlines are trying to ban certain people for being raucous, but what if you now have to sign that you're not going anywhere to make trouble? And I don't want to be totally paranoid, but how hard is it for them to go after internet service providers, of which there's only a few biggies in every region, and say, if you carry X, Y, and Z, we're going to shut you down as well. And they could even take it as far, again, I know I'm wearing a tinfoil hat, is telling computer hardware people, if you don't find a way to filter out Newsmax or Twitter or whatever, how far this could go. And it's inevitable. It's inevitable. It's only a matter of time. It could be a few months or years, but at this pace of what they've done in the last four days, I think it could be a matter of a day or two until either the banks that issue the credit cards, like Bank of America, Wells Fargo, TD, Bank of America, Chase, um, that have the credit cards or the, the credit actual credit card, which I think is Visa and MasterCard, I think are the two that, that actually make the credit cards, either of those institutions, all of which are leftists, right? Visa and MasterCard are both very far leftist. Say, um, every big bank is very far leftist. Um, they all would want to. So as soon as any of them wants to, you know, ban every conservative who shops at a gun store with their credit card or debit card, or who shops at any store run by a conservative, like the small town, um, the, the gyms that are run by conservatives, the small restaurants in Maine that's run by a libertarian that's staying open and not obeying the shutdown orders of 
because their liquor license was removed because they didn't shut down for COVID. So as soon as you shop at any of those stores, then we'll add the stores to a list. It's all AI with algorithms and they'll ban all those credit cards, all those debit cards, all those banks and shut down your bank so you can't even draw from the ATM. This is very easy. It's going to happen, I think, in a few days, could be weeks or months. What are we going to do then? New Hampshire, we are the crypto capital of the country, thank God. So a lot of us already are using somewhat or only using cryptocurrency or, or precious metals to trade. So those might be less affected, but we need to start thinking about this. I've been saying for years, I believe, we need our own alternatives. The entire system, every single institution in the country is run by authoritarian uh, have, socialist by way, leftists. So what I saw lately was if, if Amazon takes down Parler, they hope to be up within a week. Um, I don't know how easy it is to build service farm, server farms, and you know the entire industry all yep. over. I but we're learning now that we need our own server supplier companies. We need our own healthcare systems. We need our own radio. We need our own everything. Our own restaurants. I, I, we need everything. How, I don't know how easily we can build such a thing. Melissa, how techy are you on a scale of one to ten? Zero. But <laughs> I think that because Elon Musk is the most the richest man in the world now, that he needs to come and build all of this shit for the rest of us. That would be awesome. Um, I'm not sure which side of the fence he's on today. Well, I used to think he was crazy, right? Like a while ago, years ago, I would listen to him and be like, what is he talking about? He's nuts. But now I realize that he was totally right. And I think that he actually does know about everything that's kind of going on um, and doesn't subscribe to it and isn't really a part of it. Um, so no, I mean, he was the one, he was out there um, opening up his facilities in, in California during the shutdown and, you know, screaming at the the, the governor and the county and, and um, oh, hey, maybe. I mean, this can go so far, and then I'll hear from some other people. Servers are hardware. And this can go so far as they can say to a hardware company, if you sell to a free-thinking person, we won't let you sell to anybody else. And again, if a week ago somebody would have said, not only are they going to take Parler off app stores, but going to take away their servers, I would have said they sound like some crazy people from Liberty Block. So I don't know what could stop them from saying you can't even provide servers. Russell, are you with us? Hello, Russell, going once, going twice. I'm gonna get my husband down here and he can talk about building all of that stuff. Oh, good, cool. good. Ian, are you with us? Ian's mute. Um, yep, I'm here. Me? I apologize, guys. I, uh, I went to a crypto meetup and it ended up lasting for more than two hours. And I was not expecting that. Okay, but, Ian, uh, Melissa's walking out on us, but she's coming right back. She's the state rep. Um, and Ian, for everybody else's sake, is a, I'll call hardcore voluntarist in New Hampshire who has a radio show for, I think you said like 14 years or something like that. So Ian, the basic yeah. topic is not so much even the politics of it as if tomorrow we wake up and Zoom is shut down and we've already been knocked off Facebook and let's say they de-platform MeWe, how are people meeting? What is the backup even technologically? Great question. So, uh, and I apologize for the beeping in the background there, but um, <clears throat> there are already other options and uh, many of us in the Liberty community have been cultivating those options for quite a long time. So uh, here in the Keene area where I live in New Hampshire, we've been on the Telegram chat app for most of the last decade. Uh, 
and it's a very effective um, alternative to a lot of the, the centralized apps. Now, to be, to be fair, it is still a centralized service, but uh, the guy who runs it is supposedly an anarchist uh, from Russia, and governments don't like him very much at all. Uh, so it's, 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 as far as centralized services go for chatting, I highly recommend it. I mean, we're um, on, Ian, we're on Signal, but what is to stop yep. Google and Apple from dumping Signal and making that incredibly difficult to use? That will happen. Yeah, yeah, that could definitely happen. Um, generally, you're going to want to get off of the uh, Apple platform if you're using an iPhone or Apple. Uh, you know, you, you don't want to be there because they've got even more control over their devices than, than even Google does. Uh, if, if, for instance, you have a situation like you like just developed over the last 48 hours with the Parler app, where I'm sure you guys have, have heard that that particular app has been targeted by Apple and Google. Uh, for takedown from their stores and further was targeted by Amazon web services for takedown of their servers. But presuming they had servers that weren't at Amazon and they still could operate their, their servers, because uh, obviously there's a, a pl plenty of places you can get servers from. But, uh, the, you know, then in that case, you could still distribute the app via direct, you know, just over their website. They could have people purchasing or, or you know, downloading the uh, what they call an APK file. So the Google Android operating system does allow for the install of apps uh, without going through the Play Store, unlike Apple, where you cannot install apps without going through the Apple Store. So Apple is a much more controlled platform, so I'd recommend that people get off of Apple uh, and get on to something else. Uh, obviously, Google's the only real other option. Sadly, there's not a third you know, open source uh, phone system out there. There are ways to root Google phones. As yeah. you for sure know, I mean, I, I'm not an Apple person anymore. I was years ago. It's a major, major investment to leave that whole environment. And I don't know if people, some people don't even adjust well. You know, some people are very low tech and having to switch to an Android-based system, especially when Google isn't all that free, is, is just not an easy move. It is for you. Yeah, to well, then if they're going to stay on Apple, they're going to have to deal with the restrictions. So... Uh, in that case, you know, you'd get what you get. Um, Telegram, for instance, on Apple has had to make some compromises. They've had to take down certain uh, access to certain channels that Apple told Telegram, hey, if you don't take these channels down uh, or, or make it so our users can't access them, then, uh, you know, you're not going to be on our system. So Telegram, I think they, they did do what Apple had requested. So if you want to get access to those channels, um, then you'd have to go through getting the Telegram app for your desktop computer, which is available. So there are other options besides using a phone, obviously, uh, that are still fairly low tech. But to get back to the other point of what else you know you can do, you can distribute the apps directly on to, on the Google platform. So you can still get you know apps like Parler and other things on Google. You just can't go through the Google Play Store uh, in that case. And by the way, they could shut that down too, can't they? Who could shut what down? I'm sorry. I mean, I, so I'm they can take down the app from their Play Store, but if you download the app directly from the uh, from the programmer point, they don't have that. When they make the phone, the hardware, they can make it as far as firmware not be able to run certain apps or programs, maybe. But now that you own the phone already, that it might be tougher for them to stop certain things. Yeah, I mean, like I said, Google could could go in that direction if they wanted to, but so far they have not. 
So that that at least is. Yeah, but but even more important than that, because you know, if I don't have an app, Parler or Facebook, I'll live without those apps, and we'll live without them. We'll find a way to communicate, even if it's just in the town square in person. I don't um, even. I don't. Well, no, we'll stop right there. That's our problem. We're no longer community-based people, and we don't have a town square. And just right now, we're only talking in several small parts of the country. And it's illegal to talk in person. I know, I know. Well, that's the, I, I think that COVID has really like factored into all of this, yeah. right? So, I mean, we're stay-at-home orders. You're not even allowed to see other people. You're an irresponsible person if you get face-to-face -face with somebody who doesn't live in your household. So, no, I think that it's it's really become this part of this grand plan. Melissa, is uh, Mr. Blasek, is he a technician? <laughs> Mr. Blasek. <laughs> yes. That's not his last name. <laughs> yeah, this is Dale. Yeah, I go by many names. <laughs> Mr. Blasek could be one of them. Yeah, sure. At a certain age, listen, you got a kid. You're Natalie's parents, right? I mean, that's exactly. That's really so, what we are. Well, what do you call yourself, sir? Dale. This is Dale. Yeah. Dale? Uh, you can also pronounce it Dale. You know, that's like the Americanized enunciation, so. Oh, you what kind of questions do you, you have your, about servers? I can only pronounce like an American because I have bad accents. Um, how hard is it if you know these questions? For somebody, I wanted to make a server farm to compete with AWS. Are we talking tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands, millions of dollars? What is that? Well, what exactly was the question regarding AWS? I'm sorry. Because they're shutting down Parler, so we need competition for them. If I want to start a server farm to host Parler, et cetera, et cetera. What are we talking about? Well, it depends. If you want to start a server or are you looking at other vendors other than AWS and Google? No, for you to start your own, for you to start Dale's web services to host all this cloud data on servers for companies that are pro freedom. How long would it take and what would it take for you to build that up? Oh my goodness. Yeah, there's so many moving parts, right? There's obviously buying the hardware, knowing how much hardware capacity you'll need to host the website. You know, having the networking in place uh, so it can scale based on the amount of traffic that may hit the server. So, you know, obviously there's a lot of parts to it all that you'll need to figure out, you know, how much to invest to procure all of that hardware and, you know, all of those. Would it be less than a billion dollars? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Okay, okay, good. Yeah, no, I mean, you can really, uh, depending on how big the site may become initially you can start out small right and then grow it and this is what people have done traditionally before all these cloud vendors came to market right okay. so everyone was building themselves so every company had its own data center so my uh, my big question is about autonomy if you do this and you start and liberty block has a lot of data on our site ultimately we might need some of it hosted on a cloud maybe if you do this and you host our servers, Dale's, you know, you're right inside of you're making um, Dale's web services, cloud data servers, you're going to help host all the data and all the videos. We have millions of hours of video on our site. Is there any, are we fully autonomous or can Google still kill us? I don't see how Google will impact Great. you. I mean, maybe through search results. Okay, that's fine. That's fine. You know, things like that, but. Uh, but they, they can't get into our relationship between you and me. Others can't get in and, and screw us over. Right, right. And also, you also obviously make sure you have the domain rights, right? So domain name, make sure you get those things in advance. I don't know if Google would go about trying to take a domain name when it's up for expiration. So you kind of have to be on top of those things. You're right, because if my domain is through WordPress or Wix or GoDaddy, all those three companies can be compromised or taken Alu. over by the left. Alu. Right. 
I just realized somebody lives not that far from where I live that has a server in her bathroom that she's probably not using. Okay. <laughs> and she wiped it, so I guess it's empty. So, and I'm sure it's as clean as it's probably even clean of COVID. So in other words, if their parlor needs somebody else to host them, what, are they talking millions? What are they talking? To build their own service for parlor. Well, again, I, I don't know, like, so when the CEO posted what he did, I don't know exactly what he meant by building it from scratch. Like, does he know, does he not have like the source code of the website? Was that, is that not something they'll be able to transfer over? Cause then it becomes, you know, they'll need to obviously get a hosting provider, whoever that might be. Uh, but other than that, I mean, they should be able to take their existing code and simply host it on another vendor that they, that may have them. Right. Um, so that could be anybody other than the Amazons and the Googles. Okay. I have another important question for you, Dale, and I might not even understand the question, but concerning domain name or URL or website, whatever that means. Uh -huh. I, and I know, I know nothing about this stuff right now. Liberty block. Um, if, if the website, the, you are the, so I guess technically they control it, right? They have the master control. Yeah, so again, there are a couple things you just talked about. There's the the whole thing about buying the domain name, and then there is a hosting service. So those are two different things. Obviously, a company can do both, right? Like GoDaddy. Uh, yeah, Wix does both too. Right. So, but maybe it would be in your best interest to buy those things from separate vendors so that you're not- now, Is there any vendor? I don't know if there are two or like a million vendors. Are there any that are pro-freedom that you know of? Or could you become a, a vendor that that- ultimately owns domains that, and holds them for people like me? Um, you know, again, uh, it could be a company like the one I work for where you can buy that because again, they're in the cloud business and they compete against these uh, other vendors that are currently, you know, the their hold of the government right now, right? So, um, but then there, I think there are so many different options out there. So obviously- It's so scary to see is that I didn't realize that the left, it's not just like they have one thing that controls a lot, Google. Right. They have so many choke points where either Google can screw us or AWS or yeah. at the domain level or at this level or at Facebook when we share it or at our email newsletter level. I think the advantage of the hosting and the domain is that they are not owned by a handful of companies, right? Or there's a lot still of companies. really hundreds of companies. So they're still in more true competition with one another. You know, those made the Twitters, like those, those couple, those four like main companies that truly created a, a corporatist monopoly. Well, let, me, let me ask a question here. So my understanding is my computer, by definition, is a server, correct? I guess you can phrase it that way. Um, because you know, I had a network guy charge me a lot of money last week to fix some stuff, and he said I could be a server and my other computer could be a client. Yeah, I mean, so I think there's a couple parts to that, right? So from your computer, you can run a local network where you can, you know, let's say you build a website, a Hello World website, you can load it through your local network. Now it becomes, okay, now do you want that to be published as a full-blown website? Then you need to really look at like the hosting providers that would host that. Um, allow you to host it. And obviously you would need to have a domain name in mind uh, that would be the URL essentially, right? For, for your website. Okay, so I guess my, my last most succinct question is 
the whole internet gets shut down, can I go to, I don't know, Micro Center, Best Buy or whatnot, or Amazon, buy a server and yes. pay somebody to write a code to make parlor for 200 people? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And then it's only limited. Let me, in, let me interject something here, uh, Stephen. So you don't have to, you don't have to start from scratch. You don't have to hire someone to write, uh, you know, a parlor competitor. Uh, there are already open source software available like Mastodon, for instance, uh, that is, you know, completely free to use. There are thousands of these things in existence, these Mastodon instances. It's basically an open source copy of Twitter. So it does everything that Twitter does, except without the central control. And there's uh, there's one of them that, uh, I don't know who runs it, but there's one called Liberdon, spelled L-I-B-E-R-D-O-N.com. And so that's using a Mastodon uh, backend, and it's basically full of libertarians. And, uh, you know, they there's, there's somebody who's in charge of it. But whoever it is is not Amazon. It's not uh, Facebook. Yeah. And so anybody who wants to, who's got a you know a decent IT guy, can install one of these uh, Mastodon instances. In fact, uh, my my IT guy is currently working on doing that as we speak. Okay, so I have a question for you, Ian. Can you are you willing to send an email to all the nice people that you know, saying here are sites that you could go to if parlor, signal, whatnot, was shut down. How would we know they exist and how to use them? How would we know uh, the other things exist? Sure. So um, basically, you can use your existing social media as long as you still have it. If you haven't been shut down totally, you can post a message, like a pinned message. Um, for instance, if you go to my Twitter account, uh, which is FTL underscore Ian on Twitter. If you look there, you'll see there's a pinned note uh, right there at the top that says, hey, Twitter's terrible. Uh, here's where you can find me on other places. And then it's got a link to my Mastodon account on Liberdon. It's got a link to uh, the Shire Society forums, which is self-hosted. That's that's something that I run. So it's a it's a forum which has a bunch of New Hampshire libertarians on it and people who are considering moving to New Hampshire. So just you basically just put the signal out there wherever you can uh, to let people know where they can find you that's not on one of these centralized platforms. Can you spell that thing again where you are on Twitter? Yeah, I got it. Oh, you have it all over? Yeah. yeah. In other words, we turn on Twitter one morning and we can't get on, I don't know, whatever it is. You're saying we'll always be able to get on something like Signal or Telegram, but then we have to find each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and again, it, yeah, the good thing about New Hampshire being being geographically close is enough of us know each other that our network, I don't think, will disappear. We, I can go to a few neighbors or drive to Manchester and meet up with 100 libertarians and tell them, hey, I'm on Parler, I'm on uh, MeWe, I'm on this uh, other new sites now, Liberdon. So I think we'll be okay as far as that. So I think as far as social media and maybe even like hosting servers, networks, and internet, we could be okay. The next big issue that the left owns, because the government owns, especially now with Biden at the helm, is healthcare. They can, by tomorrow, declare everyone who is not a socialist, authoritarian, leftist, communist is mentally ill and inciting violence and lock us all up as, you know, two PC section uh, 59 or whatever psych person on a cycle forever because we're mentally ill. 
we need, we should have created this redundancy of our own healthcare system hundred years ago. Now we're behind the eight ball. Who is going to go out there? Cause I can help with servers. I can help a bit with healthcare, but not really. Um, who's going to go create a hospital and urgent care and a whole healthcare system so that by next week, when this starts, we have our own system to withdraw to. We need our own systems of everything. Well, that way, because if the government says they can lock you up for being crazy, you know, it used to be the nutty thing we get, we laughed about the Soviet Union, but without going into too much politics, the idea of using the 25th Amendment to say someone's unfit because he made a decision that I think is nuts is unbelievably close to Soviet style. You're psychiatrically crazy if you don't agree with our system. Of, of course, but if it were Trump, it'd be one thing, but they, they will say that all eight of us on this call are mentally ill because we're inciting violence. Well, or we're mentally ill because we're backing somebody who did. Or because we like guns and only mentally ill people like guns. There's nothing a private healthcare thing could do about that because it would be the government sending you. And I really, again, a week ago, this stuff sounded a lot crazier than it does today. And I know this sounds insane, but what if they say to cell phone carriers, which are nothing more than common carriers, why don't they say to them what they're saying to Parley? You know, you can't let people say these things on your cell phones. And yep, that could happen. Because I would have thought I'm insane for saying that. But again, we know the NSA has the ability to listen to all phone calls, correct? Of course. And, and Facebook and Google, no matter what you ever do, will hear everything you ever say ever. Um, your phone, meaning either Google or Apple, um, will hear everything you say, even if you shut it off, because they don't really ever shut it off. Unless you throw your phone in the ocean and leave, they will, I, I believe, hear everything you say. Not mention, does anybody, I assume nobody on this call has Google Home or Echo or Alexa? Oh, hell no. I'd never consider one of those. Nope. No, but I, I mean, a heck of a lot. No of smart devices. Do. Smart is bad. Yep. Well, do you, were you an iPhone or an Android? iPhone iPhone. And do you use the SIRI lady? No. Okay. But I mean, a heck of a lot of people do. I know. And there's reason to believe that they're always listening. And again, it sounds insane, but I think we're into insane places. So at least Ian is saying, I believe that there always are going to be backups if we have a way to find them. Now, the problem with Signal is that, so my basic understanding of communicating with a phone is either you go off off a phone type data or a uh, internet, meaning Wi-Fi or 4G type data, they can knock off all our internet easily and they can knock off our phone probably too. Um, but if you want to use Signal or Telegram, that's web-based, right? Meaning we need Wi-Fi or 4G, I assume. And they can knock off our internet pretty quick um, via the methods we spoke about you know, in the last half hour. So that's another issue. Um, and even radio, like actual old ham radios and stuff, they can probably cut that or at least hear that too. Ian, Ian is it possible to shut somebody's internet without shutting their neighborhoods? Yeah, certainly. They can turn your internet service off, obviously. Um, I mean, if they turn internet off, then we're dealing with a whole other set of circumstances. Regarding radio, um, we've been, for years here in, in Keene, we've had a, a radio network uh, where we have handhelds, and uh, there's a few folks with base stations and mobile units. Uh, so we actually do have radio communications here. Um, but as far as linking up different areas, then that thing, that gets complicated with repeaters and and or uh, high frequency or low frequency communications, but the, but Elliot, your point uh, is, is actually not the case. It would be very difficult for them to do uh, to jam all available radio frequencies. That is a near impossible task. Okay. No, I mean they uh, they could hear it though, because if you're it's pretty open, right? If you're on the radio, they could hear. 
yeah, you would need to use, you know, operational security to make sure to not reveal certain things that you don't want anyone who's listening with a scanner, uh, which could be, you know, the government, it could be, any, you know, your neighbor down the street. There are radios that do have encryption options, so if you wanted to go to a different level with that, that is a possibility. Um, so, yeah, if they shut the Internet down, your next best bet would be two-way radio communication. Am I the only one here who remembers ham radio? Yeah, um, I also was on CB radio as well back in the day. Now, CB's like newer. <laughs> My uncle, who was paralyzed, he used to lay in bed all day, had a ham radio, and he would show us in the 60s. He could like talk to people around the world, and we thought that was pretty cool. Um, I assume there is such technology today. Oh, yeah, absolutely. The thing is, with ham radio, you're... Um, you don't want to operate on ham frequencies because the hams, there's sort of like two types of hands out there. There's the, the type of ham that is very government obedient. They are like the, the kind of person who, they have the attitude of, oh, well, I had to jump through all these hoops to get my license from the FCC. And if you don't have a license from the FCC, then we're going to figure out where you live and we're going to come over there and cut your antenna cable. And they actually do that stuff. Uh, they will report you to the FCC or they will directly come over and actually vandalize uh, your equipment. So you're, if you're going to use ham equipment, you generally want to use it on channels that are sort of off the, the, uh, the beaten path. You don't want to be on the ham's channels because they will, they will come after you. Ed, I'm going to label you the most rational person in this group. No offense to Melissa. Um, what do you think are the chances that they're really going to make this push to get rid of OANN, Newsmax, and even Fox off the cable carriers? Oh, I don't know. I, uh, I mean, I have no idea what the, the chances of that are. I mean, obviously, Fox News has, has some money, so they could certainly fight with, uh, with lawyers or whatever. The cable uh, channel or the cable providers have contracts. I mean, the odds are they're not going to go in there and and uh, you know, tell them that they have to break their contract. I don't think that that seems un unlikely. I mean, Fox News isn't a threat to the status quo. They uh, they're part of the status quo. So I don't think you're going to see them under any kind of jeopardy. Ed, what do you think? Um, I think that we're going to see lawsuits. I think we're going to see refusal to deal antitrust lawsuits. Honestly. Um, that's that's where I think. I mean, if they if they go after Fox, Fox certainly has the money to do it. But I'm expecting that tomorrow, sometime tomorrow morning or Tuesday morning, we're going to see a lawsuit from Parler, alleging a conspiracy to refuse to deal with with Parler um, by Google, by Apple, and all these other companies that are uh, refusing to deal with it. Um, I don't know how private individuals are going to go after. Uh, Twitter, although I bet you President Trump is, is looking into that right now. Um, Parler is not going to be able to prevail in that lawsuit because they, oh, no. they, signed, they signed an agreement with Apple and an agreement with Google that they would obey their terms of service. And so Google's argument, Apple's argument is going to be, well, this is our platform. We set the rules. And uh, if you don't want to follow our rules, then you're off. I suspect well, Parler will have their lawsuit thrown out of court. Well, I mean, I'm not an expert on antitrust, but I am an attorney. I think, I don't think that it'll be, 
well, I don't want to make predictions, but um, I, I think I, I've lost my train of thought. So why don't we? Yeah, I'm not very confident in the court. Hey, I, I don't can, think I, can the I ask Ed a question? Sure. Can I ask Ed a question here? It's a free country. So I've 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 phrased the behavior of some of these people as collusively anti-competitive behavior. All Would right. you like to attack that that uh, that attribution? Yeah. Well, and that thank you for reminding me where I was going. I I don't I don't first of all, Ian, I don't think that you can make a an agreement or a term you know incorporate a term of service that's anti-competitive and have that binding on the on the other side. If it's anti-competitive and in violation of the Sherman Act. The court is not going to uphold it, even if it, even if everything you say is true, and even if Parler agreed to that term of service. I don't think you can agree to a term of service that ultimately is anti-competitive. But again, I think we all agree or, that or, that the courts and the governments are not going to solve this. You know, and that's only a small issue of. Well, let me just. Well, what are you saying is anti-competitive about it? There's no pro-competitive purpose for kicking Parler off of those servers. And they're going to have to come up with a pro-competitive pro purpose for it. They're going to have to explain exactly what the term of service was that was violated. I mean, they're going to have to explain themselves. And I think that- They have no obligation to provide a service. What? I mean, they have no obligation to provide space on their system for this particular app. I don't think that's true. I think under the refusal to deal cases, they do have a, a duty to deal with everybody equally. I don't think that you're right about that. Under the what cases? Refusal to deal. What does that mean? Exactly what I what it sounds like. When if two people, you know, if 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 uh, you know, let's say there's a newspaper and you know and, and you know they want to run ad, you know they want to run ads from, you know a uh, from a radio station. And then they, they make it, you know, the, the radio station says, well, you can run our ads, but you can't run any ads from another radio station. That would be a refusal to deal. And that might be part of the contract, but the contract itself violates the, the Sherman Act. So we already don't have a totally free market, which I think we all agree with. But again, Ed, whether that court is successful or that court case is successful or not, we all agree that that, you know, even whether regardless of what happens with that case, um, that's not going to save the country if it's successful, right? We all do need to start creating our own alternatives in our own society for people like us. We we do, but I mean, if they if they file a lawsuit and get a temporary restraining order, it could do a lot of good for for a short period. It buy us time, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Ed, are you trying to say that there's no such thing as exclusivity in business? Because I mean, I've had uh ex there's exclusivity agreements all over media i'm in the media business so i'm, I'm not uh, saying you know, that there's no exclusivity deals but i am saying that there's a whole line of cases involving refusal to deal that the federal trade commission has pressed prosecuted and that private private companies have prosecuted i'm not an expert on it but i do know enough to know that the case law is out there and you can't just. Well, it's my right to refuse to deal with somebody if I don't want to deal with well, you. Well, can, no, 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 hang on, hang on, hang on. It's one thing to say you have a right to decide who you're going to deal with or not. It's an entirely different thing if there's a conspiracy, which is the heart of a of an antitrust violation, an agreement among a whole bunch of people to act in, in anti-competitive behavior. And what what if I were representing Parler, that's what I'd be I'd have been researching, and that's the kind of lawsuit I'd be looking at. Not just that. Mm -hmm. Well. 
you know, Google doesn't want to deal with me, but Google and Apple and and all these other companies and and Amazon, they're all co- colluding together. Okay, so you're saying if Apple and Google talk to each other and both say behind your back, let's both screw Ed, that is what is the crux of the lawsuit? Well, I don't know about sue, law, sue Ed, but- No, screw, I said screw. Oh, screw. Yes, they can't, okay. they can't, it, it, you need a conspiracy to have an antitrust violation. Okay. There's gotta be more than one person and there's got to be an agreement to restrain trade in some way. And again, I'm not an expert in this area of law, but I, it looks to me like a potential restraint of trade uh, uh, re, uh, refusal to deal case. Now, how, hard are those how are you going to prove it? How hard are they to prove collusion? How what? How difficult is it to prove collusion? Well, I mean, of course, it's going to be difficult because you're going to have to You'd prove have it. You have to have evidence. It's not going to be a written document that says, "Hey guys, let's get together and and do you know do this bad act." It's you probably never good. find evidence. You're never going to find the video of Google and Apple saying, "Hey, let's both conspire to screw Parler." Okay, right? Let me ask the the evidence, no, no, let me answer that. The evidence is the coordinated action with no pro-competitive purpose. What other purpose could there be right now? I mean, unless they point to Parler as you know, distributing child porn or something like that. It's worse. They're inciting violence and they're Nazis. And, and this is what everyone thinks besides us six. Let's, Almost everyone in the country agrees with that, that sentiment, that we are all Nazis and Parler is all Nazis. Well, so, they, can't, they can't ban Nazis either. We're you know, inciting violence, of course. No, we're inciting, we're all inciting violence. I don't think, I don't think that anything that's being disseminated would be incitement under the Brandenburg standard. Isn't the Skokie decision with the Nazis marching, isn't that still the uh, reigning law? The ready law for what? Reading as far as I know. That you can march through a Jewish neighborhood and yell Nazi slogans. Isn't that still the law? Well, I mean, it's it's binding precedent. Right, that's what I mean. Okay, let me ask the question slightly differently, Ed, and I don't know if you can answer it on one, on one foot. Can you cite to a case that was one for this type of collusion and what it was that they were able to prove that made them win the case? Um. I have not done that research, but if you want, I'll, I'll do that for our regular show on Wednesday of this week. I'll right, try and so we see. Know, in other words, like AT&T got together with X, Y, and Z, or Exxon and Gulf got together, and this is what they proved, and that's, that's how they won it. But- yeah, so I think legally speaking, we all know Google and Apple each own like almost half of the world. They're big enough that there could be some antitrust you know, investigations or cases into that. But again, I think that's all irrelevant. I think that we're getting lost in the weeds of two different things. We're getting lost in I the agree. legal stuff. For this whole episode, I wanted the whole show to be about, forget legal, the laws. The laws are stacked against us, plus courts decide whatever they want anyway. Culturally, the culture is lost. I would say 99.9% of people in the US are anti-freedom and culture. They either support communism or they're complicit in you know, the authoritarian leftist communism they hate conservatives. And 98% of people or 99% agree that if you vote for Trump or even if you don't vote for Biden, you are inciting violence. Meaning you can throw them off. In fact, you can arrest them and throw them off any platform because they're inciting violence. What do we do about that culturally? Not lawsuits, because that may or may not work. It doesn't matter anyway. Culturally, we need to physically create our own societies, our own geographical and our own um, you know, web-based and virtual societies. Like, like we've been doing, like Ian mentioned to it and Keen. I'm further away, uh, far east of that, New Hampshire. But New Hampshire, we have a lot of our own communities already, but we need to do a lot better. We need our own communities, not just clubhouses to hang out and drink. We need communities. We need our own health system. We need our own communication system, our own um, transportation system, maybe. We need our own currency system. We need to start building systems as far as culture. We need to start doing that like yesterday. Yeah, well, I agree with you. Um, and that's, of course, why I moved to New Hampshire, because 
to me, you know, I felt like we were all alone. The libertarians are so uh, dispersed and diffused throughout the country. There just aren't enough of us in any one spot. So that was step one, was to get libertarians to come to, to New Hampshire. And we're seeing that's happening now with the Free State Project having more movers in 2020 uh, than any previous year. So I think we're going to see that increase even more in, in 2021 because uh, there are people coming up here, I would say, to visit just in Keene. And I'm sure this is true in, in other areas, but, uh, you know, in just the last six months, I think we've had more visitors uh, just coming from outside, you know, coming from other states to kind of check things out uh, than probably we've had in the last six years. So, I mean, there, there's definitely an increased clip of, uh, of people coming here, an increase in interest. Uh, I'm seeing more people sh- uh, signing up over on the Shire Society forums. That's forum.shiresociety.com. So to, to bring physically people together in the same area, that's how you, that's how you change a culture. Uh, you, you know, it's not, you're not going to be able to, to persuade a lot of our neighbors. A lot of our neighbors are afraid. They're wearing masks. They're doing everything that they're told. Um, even the ones that don't like wearing masks, a lot of them are wearing them because they don't want to put their heads up above the waves. They don't want to have their neighbors uh, upset at them. They're, it's just a culture of fear, and it's very, uh, you know, it's, it's paralyzing for people. Yeah, so, so other than getting more get people here and moving here, is there, other than moving here and doing what we do, is there something affirmatively we could do to start building our new society that is, op- that is not uh, um, against, that supports people who support freedom, that is not against freedom? Is there anything we could do affirmatively to start building that, that communication system, health system, that society, that school, that everything? What can we do today? Yeah, well, I mean, everybody's doing what they can. So some of us focus on the currency that you mentioned. I do a lot of cryptocurrency outreach here. We've got the Bitcoin embassy uh, in, in Keene, and we've got uh, dozens across uh, the state of businesses that accept cryptocurrency, individuals, of course, also. Uh, we've got, of course, gold, gold and silver are very popular. So we've been good for years about alternative currencies here in New Hampshire. It's been very strong, and it's getting stronger. Um, regarding healthcare, I don't know what those options would be. Uh, cash doctors are, are few and far between, but there is a guy who's been coming up from Massachusetts, actually, to visit Keene, who is a cash doctor, and he takes gold, and he likes cryptocurrency, and he'll actually come up and you know, and consult with you, and he doesn't—he doesn't accept insurance, so you have to pay him in, mm-hmm. uh, in something like that. So cultivating those sorts of relationships. You mentioned education, of course. The free staters, uh, for years, have have been cultivating outside of the system educational opportunities, whether that be homeschooling or or sort of homeschooling groups or you know alternatives to education. So I think we've got a lot of those balls rolling, and some of them have been you know rolling for a long time. Excellent. So ultimately, here's what's going to happen especially with this cash doctor, whether he has already been stripped of his license or, or uh, warrant for his arrest, or it's going to happen soon. Yeah. Eventually, they're going to come for them and the homeschoolers and people who use crypto and a lot of others. But when they come for us, if it's in a day or a month or a year, will we be strong enough, enough people, you know, big enough and fortified enough with, with security so they can't come in and, and break us? Because if it's just me doing homeschooling and the only one in the state, they can come, you know, the state or federal government or whatever have you, and they can, they can uh, beat me. But if it's, you know, a few million of us homeschooling, we'll have some fortification from them. What do you think? Well, we don't have a few million people in New Hampshire, but uh, your point being that uh, having numbers helps, and it certainly does. In New Hampshire, there's a strong homeschooling community here, from what I understand. And I don't have kids, so I'm not even anywhere near it. But, but from my understanding, it's very strong. And whenever the New Hampshire government gang tries to pass new homeschooling regulations, 
well, the kids have a field trip and the parents and, you know, they bring their kids out to the state house. Well, back when you could go to the state house, now they're, now the government's a secret government. So that's a whole, the whole other story. But my point being that the homeschoolers are more than uh, willing to come out and, and, you know, lobby against changes that would make more restrictions on homeschooling. And they've been very successful in stopping uh, those, those restrictions. Same thing's true about the, the gun rights folks here in New Hampshire. They're also very strong in their activism uh, prior to the state house closing. <laughs> so we're, we're up against a whole new set of challenges. But the point being that these are already well-connected communities who are very already active and have been for many years. Yeah. What could Ed do right now today in Tennessee? Tennessee. In North Carolina. In North Carolina. I'm sorry. I'm, we just beat the Titans so badly. I, for three hours, I was looking at Tennessee saying, beat Tennessee, beat Tennessee. So, sorry. I don't watch NFL. Sorry. So, so Ian or Ed or anyone, what do you think Ed can do today um, in Western North Carolina to start building up this alternative society that we're going to need? Boy, I have no answer for that. Uh, for that, I don't know what Ed's situation is. I don't know who he knows. I don't know what level of coordination they already have in that particular area. So I have no idea. The reason I left Florida was because there was no hope for uh, doing those sorts of things. If you're a libertarian, you should be in New Hampshire. Uh, if you are a conservative type, you should probably move to like South Dakota or something like that. If you're a communist, you should move to California. I think right now <laughs> the most important thing, I think the most important thing we can do right now is to vote with our feet and physically get together because you know you're never going to be able to, to change things you know Stephen knows in new york there's never going to be uh you know any kind of chance to to change things there uh, so you know the best thing you can do is is retreat there's nothing wrong with a strategic uh regrouping and a, and a retreating there's no shame in it i understand that people they feel comfortable where they are we every object at rest tends to stay at rest I mean, there's, it's difficult to get people to, to pick up their lives and move. But I mean, if, if there was ever a time to give it serious consideration, I think now's the time. Well, going back, we started out with Hitler. So how many of you know what kinder transport was? Yep. Yep. I do not. Ed, do you know kinder transport? Uh, I, would I would just guess that it has to deal with uh, transporting children somewhere. Right. So kind of. towards the beginning of um, when the Nazis really started getting the Jews, I forget who arranged it. You could just Google kinder transport. And they sent their children out on trains. I believe most of them went to England, if I'm not mistaken. And they knew they'd never see their children again. Huh. But they couldn't save their entire families. I've met several people who were on that kinder transport. They're obviously quite old. Wow. Parents just said, look, honey, to a five-year-old child. You're going on this train and the child cried and the parents cried, but that's how they saved the children. And I only say that because my children are all outside of New York. And that's why I say that. And I'm the self-sacrificing person who stays here. And you're gonna leave New York soon too, right? Whatever, I, I really wanna thank everybody. I actually learned a little bit today and I think that's awesome. And I think we got to share a little bit of ideas about where we're heading. Anybody wanna say anything in closing? This was yeah, phenomenal, I we need to do this every week. Something. Uh, yeah, I want to add something in here as far as your alternatives for communications, because that's where we're being attacked right now. And that's what we can double down on and we can learn about and we can do things with. Uh, so as far as decentralized communications, the problem with with what we've been doing is that we've been relying on all these centralized platforms. So 
and they're big corporate centralized platforms like Facebook and Twitter. And I gave you some ideas of some other things like Telegram, but that's still a centralized platform. So if you want to get away from centralized platforms, you have to go with self-hosting uh, federated options. So federation meaning the idea of uh, you know one server can connect to a different server which connects to other servers. So there's a network of, of servers that are you know not related per se, but connected. They're not owned by the same company or same individual. They're owned by different individuals. So a good example of this is something called Matrix, uh, M-A-T-R-I-X, like the movie, but it has nothing to do with the movie. It has to do with chat rooms and chat servers. Um, so there's a Matrix server right now that is run on my server called matrix.lrn.fm. LRN is the Liberty Radio Network. Uh, FM like frequency modulation. So matrix.lrn.fm. And uh, it's a server that allows the user to create channels and have administrative control over those channels. Um, and basically, there's no central authority whatsoever looking that server down. There's no one we have to appease. Uh, there's no rules that we have to, uh, to force down anybody's throat. And uh, people can make private and or public channels. And it's not just me that's running one of these things. There are, there are thousands of, of these servers, from what I understand, that are out there. Uh, but, you know, if you, don't join, if you don't join one that's run by someone you know, then you don't know who's running it. Uh, so that, you know, that's something to keep in mind. But the, the point being that there already is a way for people to have uh, decentralized chat. The Mastodon that I mentioned earlier, Liberdon.com is a good option. We're going to make a new one that uh, my IT guy is working on tonight, so we'll talk about that on my show, Free Talk Live. But uh, there's already options right now, so I, I would say people need to make a move to as many of these alternatives as possible and try to move to the more decentralized ones rather than the centralized. Companies like MeWe and Parler, these are centralized solutions, and they are going to, as you've seen, be pressured and pressured by these big players. So they're not going to last very long, I don't expect. So if you're not on a decentralized option, you're, you're still in jeopardy. So, and you say a lot of this information's up on your Twitter thing? Um, I, all, on, all that's on my Twitter is a, just a little pinned post, which gives you some of these other alternatives where you can find me. So Liberdon is one of those. And then uh, the Shire Society forums at forum.shiresociety.com. Uh, Elliot, you were talking about starting an alternative society. Well, we did that back in 2010 at the Porcupine Freedom Festival when we signed, uh, dozens of us signed the Shire Society Declaration, which is basically a personal declaration of independence. Um, that's what it's, it's basically an independence from the state, the idea of the state. And so we've actually been creating that alternative. Society. Yeah, I signed that a while ago. How many, you know, how many signers you have? Well, you can sign it um, by signing it in your mind. You can sign it by printing a piece of paper out and signing it just so you've seen it and no one else has. Or you can sign it publicly and, you know, post it somewhere. Or you can sign it by leaving a comment on the website. But, I mean, there have been thousands of people who've, who've signed the Shire Society Declaration. My, my, I personally have stood at the, uh, the county fairgrounds here in Cheshire County over a couple of years and done outreach, introducing people to the declaration, having them read it and giving them the opportunity to sign it. And I, I personally have collected hundreds. Of I'm pretty signatures. sure Kate and I signed it by your booth at Porkfest last time. There's a good chance. Yeah. Okay. So 
we've been doing those things, and I uh, would encourage people to get off of these centralized platforms as much as possible and start supporting the decentralized. Oh, wait, before we go, uh, Zoom is going to is going to kill us. Do we have a good Zoom alternative, Ian? Oh yeah, Jitsi, J I T S I, J I T S I, Jitsi. It is a open source, secured. It is, I believe, end to end encrypted, but it's open source, so it's rock solid programming. And it's just, I was actually talking with Stephen on it earlier. It was a great connection. Uh, it, you know, it looks great. It works great. It's not run by a Chinese company. And like I said, it's open source and it, it's fantastic. So give it a shot. Okay. I see you're pro-vaccination. Give it a shot. Ed, anything you'd like to say? <laughs> no, I mean, I'm not a tech guy. I'm a, I'm a law guy. And I know we're talking more about, you know, the technical solutions on this show. Uh, so, you know, I don't really have anything more to add other than what I already said. I think that I, I'm looking forward to see if there's going to be any legal action brought by Parler this week um, and maybe brought by the president. I don't know. Um, but we, you know, we have to keep pushing forward. And, and I don't think I don't think a legal solution should be uh, mutually exclusive from a cultural or a technical solution. I think one thing the left does is they fire from all guns at all angles at all times. And we have to be able to, to be willing to do the same thing and keep them on the defense. I think if we do a meeting like this, doing brainstorming solutions with us and more people like once a week, I might actually have some optimism going forward because this well, was amazing. We, we're, we're never going to let that happen. <laughs> have a good night, folks. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Take care, everybody. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye, Ed. Bye, Mike. Thank you, guys.